When one begins the parsha, when one begins the parsha, so it speaks about the life of Sarah. So it says that Sarah lived a hundred years and twenty years and seven years. These are the years of the life of Sarah. So Rashi comments that why does the Torah begin? These are the years of the life of Sarah, and it ends. These are the years of the life of Sarah. So Rashi says something that seems to be a little bit problematic. Rashi says, Kulan Shavin Litova. They all were equally good. So what does Rashi mean by that they were all good? So if Rashi is referencing her character, that her character was good, so we can understand that. Sarah's character was pure throughout. But that doesn't seem to be the case, because that Rashi comments earlier in the in the Rashi. The way that the commentaries explain Rashi to mean that they that she saw that they were all good, right? They were all good, and that of course is puzzling because uh, Sarah had a very difficult uh, life, perhaps not from the most difficult of all of the of all of our leaders in Jewish history, but certainly from the more difficult um, years. And uh, what does that mean, Kulan Shavan Litova? The commentaries explain that. When we talk about Tov, right, our impression of Tov, I think at least I could speak for myself, is Tov is, you know, one time in my life I went to Hawaii, right? The shul sent me to Hawaii. I don't know if they didn't want me to come back, but they sent me to Hawaii once, many years ago. So I said, you know, that's a certain amount, you know, that, that you understand. You're sitting there, it's a beautiful place, right? That's Tov. Right, what does it mean? Right, right. But what is it? But much of life is how do you look at that tov? How do you look at that good? And this is really very appropriate for the situation that we Am Yisrael are in right now. That a person has to realize that whatever situation we're in, right, it's custom tailored for us and given our circumstance and what we need. I'm not saying it's easy. And that's why it's important to practice. It says you should learn about bitachon. This is what I was studying the last few days. You should learn about bitachon when things are smooth. Because it's very hard to think about bitachon when things are rocky. If you study it when it's good, when times are good, and you acquaint yourself with the concept, so then when you, it gets rocky, you could see, oh, that's what it means. There's a beautiful story about Reb Chaim Brisker. He was the Rav in Brisk, of course, besides being the great mind, but he was the rabbi of the community. And they told Rabbi Chaim Brisker that Nebuch, one of the people, one of his congregants, of the community congregants, that was very wealthy, he had lost his money. The ships sank. And he was now a poor man. Before the invention of insurance. Right? He was a poor man. So they said, who's going to tell him? Who's going to tell him? So, of course, you know, the rabbi gets the bad job. So, the rabbi would tell So, Reb Chaim uh, had him come to his study. He says, you know, let's make a chavusa before the news was going to come. It was going to take time till he was going to figure it out, find out. 
Right, the chovot alavavot, the duties of the heart, and the laws of, and the concept of bitachon, and they studied it, and they studied it more, and they studied it more, and they discussed it, right? And he asked him, "Could you imagine if you lost a quarter of your wealth? What would it be like?" He said, "It would be hard." He says, "Let's learn more bitachon." Right? And he slowly he acquainted him with this idea of bitachon. He is that even when things are not going the way that we want them, and they discussed right. And then finally, when Reb Chaim felt that he was ready to hear the news, that he says, yes, if I heard that I lost my money, I realize I have to have faith in God, and God's going to pull me through it. And, the way that Reb Chaim said, and then Reb Chaim told him, I got a message that your boat sank. The guy fainted. Right? So when Reb Chaim, when they brought him back, he said... Reb Chaim asked him what happened. He says, listen, in theory is one thing, in practice is another. <laughs> right? But the truth is, but he prepared him. He prepared him. And that's really, you know, we have been blessed to live much of our lives, right? That the last 30 years for sure has been, you know, relatively uh, quiet years, right? We've had bumps, but it's been, right? And we have to have strength, right? To realize that to be a Jew, to be a proud Jew, Right? And to stand tall is not when everything is easy. We have to stand tall and proud when things are tough. They sent me a video. I don't know if you saw this one. I actually studied it to see if it was legit or they, it was a fake one. The guy is covered with tattoos. I don't know if you saw it. From head to toe with tattoos, literally. And he says there, he says, listen, I'm a Jew as far as you... He says, I'm as far as from looking like a Jew as you can go. And he doesn't look like a Jew. He doesn't. <laughs> but he said, he said, now that they're coming to beat us up, so to speak, on the college and everything's falling apart, to heck with them. I'm going to stand tall as a Jew. He says, it's just a story. It was unbelievable. <laughs> right? Right? And that's really, what is a Jew compared to? Amisel is compared to an olive. Right? Why are we compared to an olive? Because we bring out our best only when we're crushed. Right? I, I, I wanted to make olive oil. So this was before Google, uh, 10 years ago, whatever it was, before we all Googled everything. So I bought olives, right? I got a hold of olives, and I figured I'm going to make olive oil, right? You cannot, okay, I admit it was an idiot thing to do, okay? I might agree with you, but you cannot make olive oil without a press. You can't press it hard enough. I, I only need a little bit for the Hanukkah. Man. How much did I need already? I thought I could do it. Yeah, you can't do nothing, man. You gotta get a, you gotta get a press of some type, right? The the Jews, Amisils, compared to olive oil, you bring out the best only when we get crushed. And that's what I thought of when I saw this guy's video. The guy has a skull on his neck right here. He's covered with tattoos. They're gonna. They're gonna tell me. You know, I uh, till now I wasn't so concerned about my Judaism. Now they're gonna tell me I can't be a Jew, or they're gonna beat me up. I'm gonna stand tall like a Jew, right? And all of us have to realize, you know, the, the, it is a difficult time right now. I mean, uh, you know, the situation. I advise, you know, I don't recommend looking at the news. But if you look at the news, it's gonna be depressing, right? But you have to be proud, right? And I'm, I'm very, very proud. I'll close with one young man, right? With everything going on. Right, and he works in in Warner Brothers. Right, he never wore a keeper. He's twenty five years old, twenty eight years, twenty nine years old. Didn't wear a keeper. He decides last week to heck with it. I'm going to put on a keeper. 
He put on a keeper. Where's the keeper in the office in Warner Brothers? Right, and, the, and the, the, all of his job, and everybody sees it on his Zoom talks. Everything is keepers there. He said, you know what? They're going to tell us we can't be. Right, till now, he says, oh, he's a timid, but not going to be. Nothing. I'm going to stand tall as he is. I told him, I'm, I envy you. Right, you know, I don't, don't you know, I, people expect me to wear a keeper. When I go for meetings, they're not expecting me not to wear a keeper. Right, for you, you know, that, that, that takes courage. That takes courage. And that's really what Chayisar is, is that it's a cool and shove in the Toba, right? Sarah had years of, of what we would call the ease, but a lot, a lot of pushing years where she had to push and preach and she was grabbed by the kings. Ah, but she stood tall and proud as a Jew. All of us have to stand tall and proud as a Jew. Yeah, but can you